What's up, Michigan? Welcome to another edition of the State Champs Michigan Extra Point Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including football, athletic, and academic scholarships available. Recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. Extra Point also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSA is looking for motivated individuals to become officials. Great part-time pay and a great way to stay connected to the game. Help wanted just with whistle visit mhsaa.com for details hungry howie's pizza hey do you want free food hungry howie's and state champs have a great offer for you order your next meal at hungryhowies.com use the special code champs to receive one free order of howie bread some restrictions do apply and finally the physical therapy and sports medicine pros with the detroit medical center check out our game changer segments on the network this week, Laura Ramos demonstrates, along with some local student-athletes, the shin box exercise. The entire playlist on our State Champs TV YouTube page. And if you are in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. All right, this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Michigan Extra Point talk show. We've got recaps of some of the best games from Week 5, a preview of Week 6, and more. Watch it on your preferred platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, statechampsnetwork.com or on our free streaming app. My name is Lauren Plant, Scott Bernstein with me, and joining us today is the man that we want to talk to when it comes to the inside scoop as it pertains to college football recruiting. He covers football across the Midwest on the daily for 24-7 sports. He also writes a weekly column for the Detroit News. You've seen him on signing day all day on the Big Ten Network, and he's been a longtime contributor to State Champs, and we appreciate him coming on the show. Alan True, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, guys. Season's flying by, though, it seems like. Yeah. AT is the guru. We need to pick his brain right now. Yes, exactly. And we're going to get into it right now, and let's do this. We've got three recruits that Allen will opine on. First... King quarterback Dante Moore. He is arguably the front runner right now for our Mr. Football this season. Through the first four weeks, uh, the stats I saw nearly 1,300 yards, almost 20 TDs. I'm not including this past weekend. He's so smooth. Yeah. All of his mechanics and fundamentals are just, it's so natural, it's so effortless, so fluid. Hard to believe he's just a junior. It seems like he's been at the helm for much longer. Uh, what say you about Mr. Moore? Well, first, like you guys said, he's been on the radar for a long time. I mean, I, I think everybody knew there was something special there. That first Detroit Prep Kickoff Classic, the Zenith Prep Kickoff Classic, when he was a freshman and they threw him out there against Detroit Catholic Central. They get off to a bad start. They're down and he drives them back, leads them back and, and almost wins the game. And that was before he had even taken a class in the building because that game happens That's in right. August. So he hadn't even taken a class. At King, right. and he's out there fresh off his eighth grade year playing like that against Detroit Catholic Central. So what he's done this year, incredible. The way he's played against Carmel, Mona Shores, Cast Tech, that's a murderer's row schedule right there, and he's done extremely well against it. So recruiting-wise, I mean, it's just it's been a long time in the state of Michigan since we've had a quarterback from Detroit who can really choose where he wants to go. He's got Ohio State, he's got Michigan, he's got Notre Dame, he's got Penn State, he's got LSU. Those, those schools don't always come to the Midwest or to Michigan for quarterbacks. Right, right. now, I, I think uh, Michigan and Notre Dame have uh, a good shot with him. He's been to both campuses. He was just at Michigan State again. Don't sleep on the Spartans either. And then Penn State's mm -hmm. been creeping in. He was out there for their whiteout game. He was out there in the summer. You know, the coaches at King tell me he is very focused on his season and trying to win a state title. I, I know a lot of guys just say that. I firmly believe him 
when he says that. I think you'll start hearing more about exactly where he's leaning uh, after the season. But those are some of the schools who right now I think have the best shot once he starts really focusing on this thing a little bit more. You know, yeah, and Division Three, one of the yeah. the really stacked divisions this year when it comes. So he's going to, you know, you talk about the gauntlet. He's going to have a heck of a run through that if they do win a state championship. Talk about stock really high. Yeah, Alan, I want to um, give you a thought of mine, and then I want you to <laughs> chime in on on uh, my thought. Uh, so what I love, one of the things I love most about Dante, and I want to get your take on it as an evaluator of talent is that it doesn't seem to matter who he's throwing to. He has this very, like, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees-esque, where just, like, you could throw out, you know, Larry Moe and Curley, and, and he's going to make them into touchdown machines. He he spreads the ball around in the last three years. He hasn't really – yeah, he's got some some great receivers, guys that are going to go play college football, but he, he just whoever's out there, he connects with. And that, and that seems to be that, a to me that's like a a unique skill, so, unique skill. I think it's uh, yeah, very unique. And I think the quarterback position is hard to evaluate sometimes because of that. You can have a kid who has a great receiver who gets one on one matchups and kind of throws it out there to the guy. One of the things early on that we really noticed about him was that he was at his best when teams tried to zone them, make him throw into windows. It wasn't just a man-on-man, my guy's better than your guy situation. He went the right places with the football, and he threw into windows. Um, and like you said, really good supporting cast there. I mean, the, the wide receivers there are really good. I think they've got two to three to four guys who will play college football. But Dante doesn't lock in on any one of those guys. And I would be really tempted to throw it to Lynn Weichel all the time. But as yeah. you mentioned, it's not just the Dante and Lynn show. And I think that's what really makes him special because – He's not this guy who runs a 4-4. It's not like he's throwing the ball 80 yards. What really, I think, separates him from the rest, smarts, intangibles, toughness, cool under pressure, what he's got above the shoulders is uh, elite. Yeah, he's got the basketball star, Chauncey Willis, to throw to as well and all of that. Uh, Let's stay in the PSL, Alan, but move over to the defensive side of the ball. Castex Dion Walker, 6'7", 320 pounds, currently a candidate in our State Champs Anvil Award competition. Top 50 D lineman in the nation right now. Yeah, and with uh, Dylan Tatum coming off the board this week, Dion's the the top-ranked guy in the state who's yet to make a decision, so there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. You know, flashed a lot of potential in the other years and, and was a great camp guy uh, at six foot six plus, you know, pretty much almost a true six, seven, mm. 330 plus pounds. The things he could do, uh, the way he would win reps at camp, you think he would just run people over, but he's got some finesse and some agility to him. What really I think has separated him this year is he's moved over and played offense as well. He's gone both ways. Yeah, He's shown the conditioning to be able to do that, the grit to be able to play both ways. And, and they've played a tough schedule as well, starting off with Southfield and Muskegon and then going into that tough game against King, and he's played extremely well. So right now, I, I think Michigan, most people would consider them the school to beat. He was just up there again for a visit on the 11th. Um, he's gone out to other places before. He's been down south, LSU, Florida, schools like that. So I think they're still hanging around. As, as long as he doesn't make a decision, they're going to come after him. But right now, I think uh, the Wolverines are in pretty good position with Dion. Alan, it seems that, like, Cass Tech specifically, obviously they're a, they're a college football recruiting factory, but it seems like the line play at Cass Tech, 
I don't know if there's just been a uh, if I'm paying closer attention now, but it seems the last three or four years that they've just they just roll out you know three star four star linemen on a regular yeah. basis where they have like not like it, they have like the entire starting offensive line and defensive lines that are being recruited. It's like none of those kids are are going to be going to college as regular students, right? Yeah, they've done a great job of developing those guys and they obviously are able to attract size because they're always they're big every single year but those guys aren't just big they coach those guys they develop those guys i think the staff there uh, deserves a lot of credit for that hey uh, alan how long before thomas wilcher's impact from michigan state where he is uh really starts affecting you know not just cast tech but the psl as a whole and in, in getting maybe some really high level recruits to go michigan state's way yeah, I think you're starting to see a little bit of it trickle in already with some of these home games at Michigan State and some of the visitors for those. The entire Cast Tech team was there for a game recently. Mm-hmm. I think the first impact you're going to see is maybe in next year. Like They can't recruit Deion Walker because Coach Wilcher's on staff, but they can in the following year if that prospect doesn't early enroll. And Jalen Thompson, one of the best defensive ends, one of the top prospects in the state in that class, he has Michigan State high on his list. It'll be really interesting to see what he does. But I think you're already seeing a little bit of Coach Wilcher's impact along with the rest of that staff who is really uh, hitting the recruiting trail hard. But I think starting in the 2023 class, you'll see a little bit more of that. Yeah, and if they keep winning, obviously that's going to drive guys uh, to go green. All right, let's go back to the signal callers. Let's talk about the future. That's right. The Some, future. Something's happening at Celine. You know, it's only a matter of time, I think, before the Hornets are putting together state championships. C.J. Carr, Lloyd Carr's grandson, is the real deal. Absolutely. And, you know, you hear that last name. You hear uh, you, you heard that about him coming into high school already, hadn't played a ton yet going into this year even last year he came into high school with a good amount of hype um and, and you wonder what that last name is this guy going to live up to all that and he, <laughs> and he has he's handled yeah. it all really well he's exactly what everybody thought he would be so he's handled the pressure he's handled it. He's, he's been great this season and and uh that's why colleges are coming after him now i brought him up specifically because I think people just assume he's going to go to Michigan. Right. I don't think that's the case. And that's not to say that Michigan won't be a factor. That they, I mean, they're recruiting him. He's interested. He's going to look at Michigan. But this is not like a close-the-book, done deal. That's where he's going to be. Uh, and, in fact, some of the other programs who are considered rivals of Michigan, Notre Dame recruiting him hard, Michigan State recruiting him hard. They're not going down without a fight. And he's very open-minded to this. Uh, he's looked at Wisconsin. They've offered him. And like I said, uh, I think after this season, with teams not really having a ton of film on him before this, I think things are really going to open up and that recruitment's going to expand a lot. And I think he and his family have done a really good job of making sure that he explores all options. Uh, This might be a small digression, but I want to get your opinion on this too. I want to tip my hat to Larry Robinson, the uh, multi-year starter at Saline, he's going to Army as an athlete, right. and he has shown so much selflessness to kind of move aside and and start sharing snaps with CJ. He just moves to receiver and doesn't miss a beat. Um, what does this say about the relationship between uh, Larry and CJ in terms of kind of mentor mentee, I guess? And what does it also say about Larry as 
a recruit going uh, and, to, and the job Coach Palka. Yeah, doing. And, right, and obviously Coach Palka being able to, to to manage it all. Yeah, I think like you said, all you hit the nail on the head. All parties involved deserve a ton of credit here for managing the situation, and it's refreshing, especially in this day and age where you guys have guys opting out of their seasons currently. You have guys transferring all the time. It would have been really easy for either of those guys to leave. You know, CJ could have left and not had to compete with Larry a year ago, or he didn't have to come into high school there knowing that that was going to be the situation. And Larry, for sure, certainly didn't have to mentor CJ and move positions and share snaps and be selfless in all the things that he's done. And that says a lot about Coach Palka's program. And Lauren, when you said they're close to competing for state championships here, I think that's the type of culture that you want to build to be able to do that. And Larry Robinson embodies that. And what a great, perfect, kid to go to an academy right go to go to west point and uh, embody kind of what their program is about yeah it's great for parents too you know they're saying that you know look they've they've you know they've got a multitude of stars and they're finding ways to get them all involved keep them you know happy and, and allowing them to flourish uh in a variety of ways and that's really what high school football is all about you know is playing multiple positions and and you know seeing skill sets letting colleges big time colleges see you uh you know um not just as you know maybe a a, a single athlete but but doing a, a multitude of things i could really see him at notre dame I think, you know, being at Michigan, there's automatically going to be, you know, such a uh, such pressure, it would seem, well, let, on him. But uh, Notre Dame is, is just far enough, not in the Big Ten, yet still the 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 glitz and glamour. And, 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 and there's going to reach a point, and I hate to have to address the elephant in the room here, but it's, it's going to reach a point where, you know, the the stigma that is coming from the quarterback room at Michigan where Harbaugh was known as a, a quarterback whisperer, and really since he's come in, outside of Jake Rudock his first year, every guy that's gone behind center has been underwhelming and has actually hurt their draft stock. <laughs> like at a certain point, you know, 16 and 17-year-old kids, yeah. I don't care if you have a lineage there. You're thinking, you know, where am I going to be in five years? And, and, and I just feel at some point that's going to start hurting Michigan in the recruiting game. I know that that brand is really strong and and the the block M is is it seems to transcend generations. Mm-hmm. Kids that now I I'm wondering what the appeal is because they haven't won a Big 10 in almost 20 years, but they're still being able to get top 10 classes, but in terms of specifically the quarterback position, I just see it that stigma eventually hurting them down the line if they don't fix it soon. And hopefully JJ McCarthy is the guy that fixes it. But, I mean, do you see that playing any role in, in C.J. Carr uh, mindset now being like, well, maybe I'm going to look at other places, like you said, I mean, regardless of, of where, where my grandfather coached. But do you think there might be something at play here where one of the reasons he's willing to look at other teams is because of what's happened in the quarterback room there? You know, I, I think it's just purely not wanting to close anything off being this young. I think that those things are going to factor quarterback development, style of offense, all of those things. But he came into high school already saying he was going to really give a fair shake to all these teams. So he's done that. And uh, he, neither he or Dante have said this too, but I wonder if they will end up going to different schools. You know, they're looking at very similar schools. But if you're CJ Carr, and we just talked about how well he's handled a crowded quarterback room, would you want to go to Notre Dame back-to-back if Dante Moore goes there? Would you want to go to Michigan back-to-back if Dante ends up there? So I wonder if 
Dante's decision may affect what CJ or some of the other 2024 uh, quarterbacks do. Yeah, I love it when we get one decision and then the dominoes the, the dot, fall. Right, the, the ripple effects. Yeah, it's always really, really cool. And uh, we're going to bring Alan back again as we get closer to signing day, which is just a couple of months away now, and uh, the big signing day, and then we'll have the one in February. So uh, I want to thank 24-7 and State Champs Alan True for joining us here on Extra Point. Alan, for those uh, who want to follow all your goodness online, where do they go? Uh, go Twitter at Alan True, A L L E N T R I E U, and then obviously at 24 7 Sports itself. Uh, post on there every day. Uh, don't follow me on Instagram. That's all my kids. So keep it to Twitter. <laughs> there you go. All righty. He's got a nice balance there between family. All right. Be well, my man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Always Andy. a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. All right, our final segment of the show, Scott Bernstein had to take off, but we get an opportunity to bring in State Champs Digital Managing Editor and the man who does the weekly rankings for us all football season, Matt Mowry. Make sure you check in every Monday for the latest top 25 team rankings in the state. You can find it at statechampsnetwork.com. Just click on rankings. Now, Matt, I said a few minutes ago when we were talking to Alan True uh, about Dante Moore and his stats through week four were so impressive, and that hadn't even included this past weekend's number, but I forgot that they had a forfeit win, so he would have had zero numbers, and King stays number one, which means the top team in the rankings were not upset, but it kind of doesn't count, except no matter what team maybe Detroit Western would have suited up, their chances of upsetting the Crusaders would have been highly unlikely. Yeah, it, uh, about the only thing it does is it kills your average just a little bit if you count right. it as a game. But yeah, it's it, both uh, Cass and King had uh, forfeit wins last week. I think Cass was probably a little more thankful for theirs considering their situation that was still ongoing. Right. Um, but uh, but King, you know, these are the ones where, and I don't know how the how the league works it if they have to, you know, stay in that spot so that the league, because otherwise it would be a no contest. And I don't know how they they would you know factor the standings around that. You know, I know last year a lot of teams were trying real quickly to to pick up some games, and we've seen that this year already. But we have seen you know quite a a flood of forfeit. Uh, victories over the last three or four weeks um you know teams want to be on the field as much as they possibly can but you know it's always nice when you can kind of take a in king's case certainly it's almost like a a bye week a little bit of a breather in the middle of the schedule and then they get to ramp it back up this week at henry ford yeah and it's not six wins and you're in anymore it's playoff points the teams in the schedule they've played they're gonna have plenty of those so uh, not going to be an issue, and obviously for them, the big thing is the PSL championship. So uh, we'll just yep. see who who they end up playing is still up in the air. Uh, but we did have a number of teams in the top twenty-five who were upset this past weekend. Yeah, a couple, and it, was, it tended to be more down near the bottom of the rankings. I think our top fifteen all kind of stayed, top fourteen at least, all stayed right put where they were. Uh, really, the first uh, team that lost in the rankings was the team that was number fifteen last week in Dearborn Forts, and um, they they lost to Belleville in, in a very tight game, came yeah. down to two points at, at the end, a couple of extra points. Um, 
away from from knocking off Belleville for the first time as a member of the KLAA. They they right. hadn't beaten them since since the days in the in the WeWAC when they were there together. Uh, it would have been a, a huge win for Fordson as it was. It, it didn't knock them down tremendously. They're still in the top twenty five. That their first loss it was not yeah. exactly a, a catastrophic one. They're, they dropped down to twenty. Uh, we had uh, River Rouge went on the road to. Uh, Cleveland St. Ignatius, one of the uh, storied programs in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, lost uh, 24 to 12. They dropped from 18 to 23. And then Romeo, one of the Mac Red teams that had popped in, they were unfortunate. They probably wouldn't have knocked them out if they'd been a little higher in the rankings. But since there was 24, there wasn't really a whole lot of uh, wiggle room to leave them in there. They dropped out after one week. They can always, you know, jockey their way right back in if they if they continue to win in the Mac Red. Yeah. Uh, so uh, really, it only left one spot open, and the one spot was uh, claimed by Woodhaven that had a had a huge comeback win against an unbeaten, equally unbeaten Allen Park team last week. Uh, came back to win thirty three twenty eight to to stay unbeaten in the downriver league. That was a, a huge game on their schedule. I know as it, as it always is. So they, they popped into the, into the rankings at number 25 this week. Yeah, Scott was uh, hyping up the Downriver uh, contingent here on the show uh, early on, the talk show version of uh, Extra Point. Uh, and, uh, yeah, absolutely, the Warriors uh, have uh, some Warriors. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they played. It was, a, it was a great game, and uh, we've got those highlights uh, on the network if you guys want to check that out. Uh, John Kidd was out filming those games, and anytime you get John Kidd game, you get all that extra flavor, which is always fun to check out. I happen to be at Fordson. I was filming that game. And, uh, you know, really, uh, for Fortson, if they had, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, really. Uh, they fumbled, you know, they were, they were driving uh, early in the game, fumbled on their own 22, uh, and it was just kind of innocuous, just kind of just like popped out. And then they fumbled again uh, in the second quarter that turned into an 80-yard touchdown the other way. Now, I'll, you know, granted it was popped out. And, uh, you know, it was a nice play uh, by the Belleville defense. But again, in the red zone, they had done a good job defensively uh, in the fourth. Uh, Belleville had a, a really nice, uh, you know, long pass play that uh, took them down like the one. And Belleville held them. In, in fact, on fourth down, I think they, were, they had backed them up to like the 15 on fourth down, got a sack and uh, got them off the field. And, you know, they happened to punt out of their end zone that was the uh, the punt return for a touchdown. So Fortson, I would say, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, like is Belleville not as strong as we right. think they might be or have been? Because certainly it was a vastly different than 69 nothing a year ago. and Absolutely. Or yep. is Fortson just a team that, you know, is going to cause some headaches and you never know, might uh, upset someone uh, early in the playoffs if they don't take them too serious, you know? Sure, and and I think I think it's probably someplace in between those two. Yeah. I think Belleville maybe maybe is not the juggernaut that they have been in the last couple of years. Certainly, when they had uh, a very established quarterback and some you know a, a bevy of Division One veterans on that team, a little younger this year uh, than they have been, and I think Fordson has certainly 
taking a step forward from where they were at this point last year. And this is one of those I, that, you know, you, you play this game 10 times and it might be 5-5 at the end of it. So, yeah, this certainly was not one of those losses where I went, oh, I think maybe we've overrated Fortson because I, I think they belonged where they were and I think they belong certainly in the top 25. Yeah, it, This yeah. was just one of those that, you know, the bounce didn't go their way on this this particular weekend. Yeah, let me put uh, put you on the spot. Uh, do you foresee a team, perhaps, uh, maybe due to their upcoming schedule or due to the fact that they've just been playing so well, that you could see making a serious jump inside the rankings over the next couple of weeks? You could. I mean, I, th- I think if, if Chip Valley, certainly if they win out the rest of the way in the MAC, they've got a huge one this week uh, against uh, Sterling Heights-Stevenson. They've got... Uh, uh, Stevenson at home on their field. I think they could pop back up in the rankings. Certainly, um, it's. I, I think you're going to see whichever whichever team comes out of the the bloodbath in the uh, Catholic League Central. You've got a, yeah. a huge one this week between Catholic Central and De La Salle to kind of determine who's going to go into uh, into the the championship game um, as the number one seed. That that's going to be. It. Over these next two weeks, you could have one of these two teams pop way up and the yeah. other one start to slide a little bit. Um, I, I don't I don't know that there's anybody necessarily that I think is, is going to go on a streak. I think I think uh, I think there are quite a few kind of clarifying games, though, that, that will kind of see truly what uh, what some teams are made of. I mentioned the ones in the, you know, CHSL and, and Mac Red. Got a huge one in the OAA Red, too, with number 11 Clarkston at number yeah. 7. West Bloomfield had them number 1 to start the season just because of the talent that they returned from their championship team last year. They've had some struggles. at the, they, I think a 7-point win for West Bloomfield last week at, against a and always tough Lake Orion team. It's always yeah. tough to, to beat those, you know, even if they are one and four, they're one of those teams that if you treat them like a one and four team, they will beat you. And so they've, they've had some kind of struggles getting their, their, their footing underneath them. I think West Bloomfield, if they get everything kind of going and, and, and get all of that young talent that they've got meshed together, I think that could be a team that kind of goes on a run too. Well, here's a great thing, football fans. We're going to have all those games covered on State Champs this weekend. In fact, I think our producer Chuck is going to be at Chip Valley for that game. So, uh, Or is that at Stevenson? Uh, it's at Chip. Okay. So that'll be a, a hostile environment for Stevenson as they roll into that one. It's always fun. Uh, fun to see games there. And so, yeah, you'll be able to see all the games that uh, Matt just referred to uh, on the State Champs Network this weekend. So look for all those clips. They'll be coming fast and furious beginning about 1030 on Friday night. So one last question for you. And uh, maybe it's for the Cougar fans who of Grand Rapids Catholic Central who might be concerned that with Joey Silveri, uh, the talented QB and Mr. Football candidate who might be out for an extended time, um, you know, he's got an, an injury. We really don't know the extent of that injury. Uh, I'm assuming they're probably still going to run the table in the OK Gold unless perhaps Cedar Springs, who's currently 4-1, and one, their only defeat was to number 3 Rockford, uh, might wow. be the only team that can step up and beat them. But I believe that, too, is probably unlikely uh, because the Cougars are pretty deep. Yeah, I think that you, you identified the, the one 
big glaring hurdle they have left to kind of running the table yep. and that, that's a cedar springs team that uh gus capola has really had I mean, that 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 team is always predicated on defense and especially if you if you got a, a younger kid under center who you know is kind of feeling his way through getting a grasp on the position a very defensive minded team like cedar springs you know might give them quite a few problems but when you got a guy like Nolan Ziegler, and if you can yeah. figure out a way to get the ball in his hands, that's it's it's hard to see. I mean, he's one of those talents that just is is able to kind of lift the rest of his teammates around him. It's I, I don't know that I, I give Cedar Springs. You know, I, I don't think they'll be favored going into that game certainly, no. but I think that is the one that probably will be the biggest impediment to the to Catholic Central run on the table. Yeah, and the loss they did have to Rockford was a pretty they got thumped pretty good. Yeah. I think it was like 35 to 6 or something. I mean, it, it was it was uh significant um but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh you could check out again Matt Mallory's rankings uh by just going and, and he updates them every Monday. He's religious about that, which is fantastic uh for the high school football fan cuz you know, I know a lot of them want to see what we've got and he's got a great list there, got some honorable mentions, all that stuff that's going on. So, uh follow it, check it out and uh you can do it at statechampsnetwork.com just by clicking on rankings. So I want to thank the digital managing editor, statechampsnetwork.com, Matt Mallory, to give us his thoughts on our state rankings. And uh, that's it for the podcast this week, everybody. Check out the Michigan Extra Point talk show for highlights, previews, Bernie's burning topics, and more. And you can find that across the State Champs Network. So, Matt, thank you for doing this. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening.